This is Two Beer Marketing, a series from Open Box Strategies about the challenges and triumphs of website design and online marketing. We're taking the hassle out of connecting with your audience online, all while enjoying our favorite beers. So pop a cold one and join us for this Two Beer Marketing podcast. And with us today, the copywriting extraordinaire, Lisa Hartman. Thank you for having me. We talked last week with Judy Murphy, and she has her, her laws of marketing. And one of them is, first thing you should do with your marketing is get a copywriter and a graphic designer. Because you can't afford to look like you can't afford it. Most people, especially if you're starting a business, you probably have the education that allows you to write. And a lot of people think, well, I know how to do it. Why should I farm it out? When you're working with somebody for the first time, what is the biggest benefit of letting a professional handle something that could be deemed as simple as writing words? Especially when you're working with a small company and you live with your company 24-7, trying to figure out what to communicate and how to communicate that can be a real challenge. Just helping them come in with a fresh set of eyes and helping them really identify what it is that their audience needs to hear and then helping them really condense that into something that is quickly understood um, is probably the biggest benefit. When you talk about condensing that message, do you have a rule of thumb? You know, it depends, especially when you're working with website content, getting a solid headline, getting some good subheadings, making it scannable. They say that people spend two to three seconds looking at your website to see if they've made it to the right place. And if you haven't told them what they came there looking for, they'll easily click away and move on to something else. What they want to hear versus what you want to tell them. And that's something we run into a lot. And take a menu bar on a website. Well, we want to put everything so it's easy to find. Right. How do you work to prioritize, even if somebody's really convinced, hey, you know, this, this is what we are, this is who we are. What's the process for prioritizing? How do you determine what's most important? I guess what, what's the biggest benefit of your product or your service to your target market and being able to quickly explain to your target market how you're going to solve a problem for them um, and, and quickly identify that for them is, is, is where it's at. So what's the process? If a client comes to you and they say, I want to put all this stuff on my website, so you kind of have a consultation with them and sit down and just learn about their brand. You know, usually people have a pretty good idea when we initially sit down what they're looking for. A lot of small businesses want a, a good home page. Um, they might have a landing page for a specific product or service. A lot of them want an about page. They want a, maybe a services page or a page to talk about their product. So, you know, a lot of the people that I've worked with have a pretty specific idea of what they're coming in and what they're looking for. It's just a matter of taking all of the content then that they want to put on those pages and figuring out what's most important for their customer. What are some of the most common mistakes you see made for websites? Let's keep it in terms of website writing because we do websites. What's one of the most common errors that you see? Writing a lot of content, big paragraphs, not making it scannable and easy for people to see. Um, you know, again, having that good heading, um, something that's not really cutesy but really explains what it is that the company is offering is, the, is a great place to start. Having some good subheads, um, bullet points, making the information scannable so that people can easily find what they're looking for. Are you ever at odds with search engine optimization folks or do you write with SEO in mind? You know, I do write with SEO in mind, but a lot of the writing that I do is really focusing on meeting a need of the client first and making sure that we're including 
keywords in where we need to include those, not stuffing keywords, but um, writing with the client um, and the potential market in mind versus just from an SEO perspective. We want to make sure that the content reads as authentic um, and within that client's voice. Let's talk about you a little bit. What was your career path and how did you end up working, working for yourself? My background is mostly on the business side. I started in public accounting and uh, did a lot of work in financial services uh, on the finance side and manufacturing. So I have a strong business background. So you mentioned that you really like that we were business people that were creative. Is that something that you have founded your business on as well? Yeah, it is. You know, actually, for a number of years, I, I was trying to find a way to bring those two sides together, the the business side um, that's really you know, deadline driven and understanding um, the project management side and then trying to bring that that love of the creative um, the the music and the writing and the story finding a way to bring those two together so um, I like to think it I think of it in terms of being a strategic storyteller bringing that left brain logic and the right brain creativity together to help my clients sometimes when you work with creative people not having those business skills doesn't necessarily keep them grounded and I think having the business background and the business skills helps kind of ground that creativity you mentioned uh, what I really liked is you're a strategic storyteller. How do you get that out of out of people? Is it a simple interview process? Do you hang out at the business for a few days? How do you develop that strategy for people who might not be thinking in terms of writing strategically? You know, it's a lot of asking questions. It starts with gathering information, any information that they have about their business that they've already pulled together that they can send me is a great place to start. Um, but it really gets down to asking a lot of questions. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Simon Sinek, who wrote the book Start With Why. He's got a fantastic TED Talk on YouTube about how every business in the world knows what they do. They know what product they make. They know what service they offer. Um, he says that some businesses know how they do what they do or they know and understand and can communicate their unique selling proposition. But he said there aren't a lot of companies that know why they do what they do. And that's really the point that distinguishes each company from another. You know, we've got numerous choices when we're looking to buy a product or a service. Um, and finding that product or service that kind of resonates with you and it can make a difference to a buyer. So helping them think through the process of what really makes them different, what makes them unique, uh, is, is something that I really enjoy. And it, it can be kind of challenging. It can be hard for a client to have to sit there and, and think about why they do what they do. But that's where I really get a lot of great information from the people that I work with. But it has to be really cool when you hit that moment with them where you show them something that they've known all along but never really realized and you bring that you, you pull that out of them mm -hmm. i do a lot of um, linkedin work where i help people tell a, their career story on linkedin and uh, i sent a, a draft to one of the people i was working with in minnesota and he said wow you make me sound so interesting I'm like you <laughs> you are interesting but you know i think until somebody starts asking you those questions and and, and digging in a little bit i think we're used to Sometimes we're used to talking more than we are listening, and I think really giving people an opportunity to, um, you know, to talk about themselves as opposed to to is kind of a nice is kind of a nice change for people in business. So. Yeah, and we were talking before the show about how it's kind of the Midwestern thing to be humble, and people just it's hard for them to talk about mm -hmm. themselves and really dig deep on what makes their company unique or great. So I think that's really important for someone like you to be able mm -hmm. to come out and just pull that information from them. 
Right. And trying to find time in your day to to focus on that, too, especially if you're a small business owner and you have a lot going on, you're wearing a lot of hats, you know, taking the time to sit down and think about that on your own uh, is, is hard. I think it's easier when you have somebody with a fresh set of eyes that doesn't have the time uh, and the energy invested in, in years of planning. I think it helps to have, you know, that unique perspective come in and ask you a few questions. So. When's the right time to start looking at a niche creative service provider like yourself? Is it when you're starting up, is it get your feet under you because you might learn a little bit about what you are and what you want to do? Does it depend? How do you how do you determine that? What's the advice you'd give give a business owner? You know, I think it depends. At some point, you just you just have to start. You know, if you have a great idea for a business or a product, you can spend an awful lot of time planning. But at some point, you really just have to get going. And I've worked with people along the process that haven't had a website. They've been in business for 20 years, and they finally decided they needed to get a, a website. So we, we've helped them get those set up. We've also worked a lot with people who have already been established, and they've gone in a different direction, or they've gotten more specific on the product and service that they're offering. And they just need a little bit of help uh, tightening that message and making it a little bit more relatable. And you met, you've mentioned LinkedIn and a lot of website work. Is that the core of your services? It is. Right now I do primarily website work, LinkedIn work. I'm finishing up a branding project with a company out of Phoenix. We've been putting a brand messaging document together for them so that they can pull the content from this brand guide in you know, preparing for trade shows, preparing for uh, brochures, for their website content. So it's not so much even always have to be a matter of uh, you're going to, for example, write your, uh, someone's about page. You can give them the tools so that even when you're done working with them directly, they, even their own people can take it and apply the theme to whatever that next project is. Right, right, exactly, because you know so much of it is just identifying uh, the personality and the, the voice of your company. Is it more approachable and friendly? Is it more corporate and professional? Um, you know, really identifying how you're going to talk to your clients and to your, your target market um, you know, is, a pretty big, is a pretty big part of, of helping people with the, with the written content and making it so that they, they don't always have to go outside for help. Um, you know, when you think about all the different ways that we communicate today, um, you know, it's, it's through every, every email we send, we're communicating, every post on social media, um, you know, there's so many opportunities to write and talk about our companies. Um, to have somebody, uh, you know, from outside constantly having to help you with that, that, you know, that can be kind of an overwhelming thing, especially for a small business. So helping them identify uh, some pretty standard ways to talk about what they do that, you know, that makes sense with why, you know, why they're trying to serve the market that they're serving, um, I think makes it more cost effective for especially small business owners. What's the importance of having a brand to present your message and to help you market and help you sell whatever it is you do? Well, when you're a small business like that, you, you really kind of are your brand in essence. And it, it, it's what makes people choose one individual maybe over another. I mean, we're, not all of us are meant to serve every every possible client that we could, that we could have out there. It's, uh, you know, we, we work with the people that we're comfortable with that we think can help us out. What have you found to be the most effective marketing channels for yourself? 
the most effective marketing channels for myself have, have primarily been referrals. Um, I've met uh, and made a, actually a lot of cold calls when I first started out, and two of the largest clients that I'm still working with today um, were people that I reached out to directly um, because they were in a field or an industry that I had worked in uh, in my business career. You had mentioned your earlier the business career, and I guess I, I should have asked it then, but to, to bridge that gap, you had been in accounting services. What was the what was there a, one thing that happened where you said I'm so done with this? I could be having so much more fun working for myself and, and writing, or was it a slow kind of a uh, transition? You know, you know, actually, the degree is in accounting, but I hardly spent any time doing true accounting work. I actually spent a lot of time on the audit side, which when you really peel back the what an auditor actually does, it's, it's a lot of project work. It's going out to new areas and understanding what they do, asking a lot of questions, taking reams of information and condensing it down into what's really necessary to know, um, and then putting that into a very concise, effective communication. So I did a lot of uh, white papers, a lot of technical writing, and uh, I've always been a, a creative person kind of outside of work. Actually, I was at a writing workshop in Denver through Lighthouse Writers Workshop called How to Make a Great Living as a Freelance Writer. And the class primarily focused on how to query magazines for magazine articles. I knew that wasn't an area that I wanted to focus on, but on the list of recommended reading, there was a book about commercial freelancing, and those little hairs on the back of your neck go up, and I think, oh, I've got to check that out. And I think I knew within probably the first nine pages that I had found an opportunity to really bring that business background um, and that love of the creative together into something that made sense. So it's almost like the work isn't so much different because you were traveling and meeting with people and asking them questions. It's kind of the outcome is, is what changed. Exactly. And, you know, I think a lot of times when we talk about business communications, we have this idea that it's very stuffy and very corporate. And, you know, no matter what kind of writing you're doing, it's, it's being able to convey a message that's really the important piece. The, you know, the skills of actually putting a, a piece of content together doesn't change. It's just, again, thinking about who that target audience is and what it is that they need to know um, and finding a way to uh, communicate that in a way that resonates with the people they're trying to reach. Is there a certain niche of business that you particularly enjoy or does it you can pull any kind of voice out of anybody? You know, I, I really like working with higher education. Um but when I was first coming up with the, uh, the, you know, the idea for the business and putting a, a business plan together, I didn't really want to identify a niche. Um, one of the things that I love about what I do is the variety of companies that I get to work with, the people that I get a chance to meet. Um, I, I'm just curious by nature, and I, I love to learn. So if I had to say that I've got a niche, I would say it's probably more service providers than, um, than, than manufacturing because I really like meeting the people behind the company and learning and understanding why they do what they do and helping them an answer that question um, as well, really pulling out the passion behind uh, their idea and their service is, is really satisfying. And I think uh, it's really satisfying to them too because you know that part of our brain that talks about what we, we do and why we like what we do so much doesn't really have a capacity for language. It's really hard sometimes even for creative people to to concisely talk about what they do and why they do it. Is there one industry that you got into the, the thick of it and you were amazed at what you learned? You were totally surprised, you were blown away? 
or is it nothing nothing too shocking? Um, no, you know, I'm actually working with a company now out of Phoenix that makes a um, uh, that makes a, a sternal vest for people who are recovering from thoracic surgery. Okay. And um, my dad had actually gone through open heart surgery about 10 years ago, and as I listened to them explain how this vest worked and uh, just the, the responses from their patients once they, you know, they, they're in the recovery room and they're having a hard time breathing and they put this vest on and how much easier it is for them to breathe. Um, you realize how many people are doing amazing things um, in this world and in this country. And I think that's one of the primary reasons why I wanted to start this business and why I enjoy it so much and, and why I named it what I did. Uh, being Common Thread is just trying to find ways to help people connect to the the people that they're meant to serve. You know, you've got a great company like this who's making a fantastic product that can really cut down the pain of recovery for a patient and helping them get that message out there to the people who really need to know that, the nurses, the doctors, the family members, the patients themselves, um, is an incredibly satisfying thing. I personally enjoy writing. I think sometimes it's a good release, but sometimes you hit that wall. How do you, what's your creative process? Do you do hot yoga? Do you go throw a Frisbee around? Do you go get a cheeseburger? What's your, what's a day like when you're, you're working through a log project and you just got a, you have a deadline? Yeah. What's your, what's your personal process like? Oh, the personal process. Well, there's always coffee. Coffee, <laughs> coffee is always there. Coffee or chai. Um, you know, it, it, it's great, I think, to, to have a number of, of things that you've got, you know, on, on the to-do list. You know, get to a stopping point with one and just put it aside for a little while, go work on something else and come back. I would love to say it would be great to go out for a walk, but if you, get, if you hit that wall too often, you're constantly, uh, you're constantly out walking and not really at your desk. So, yeah, it's, it's really just putting it aside for a little while and, and coming back to it later. Um, and later can be five minutes later. It can sure. be 30 minutes later. Sometimes you just have to have that mental break even if you're still working at something something else yeah you know I find a lot of times that you know I'll work uh, into the evening and just put it away and usually the best time for me is right when I get up we get up pretty early so 5 30 um, 5 30 to 6 30 or 7 um, if there's anything big that I need to to get done during the day that's when I'll take the first crack at it because I'm usually pretty fresh and then it's kind of nice to step back around 7.30 or 8 and feel like you've got the hardest part of your day mm. kind of under your belt already. So do you typically have just one client that you work with at a time? You kind of dive all into that company or do you kind of, is it easy to go from a few different ones as you're working? Yeah, I've got, I usually have a number of clients that I'm working with at one time. So, you know, it, it works great as far as balancing the time out. Um, I did have one large website rewrite project last year that was around 600 hours and there were so many moving parts to that when I was waiting for information on one part you just move on to another so yeah I'm usually balancing a few but again I love that the the variety yeah. of the project work and the clients is really interesting what tips or tricks do you have for someone trying to improve their writing um, you know there are a number of things that that people can do to review and work on their their own writing and make their own writing better um, you know there's a way in word to actually turn on readability stats it gives you a, a sense of whether or not what you're writing is easy for somebody else to read or not. Um, you just go into file options um, and uh, proofing, and there's a way to check. You just check a box that says activate readability stats, and then every time you run a document against spell check, um, it'll tell you how easy or difficult your document is to read. 
Um, is that a function of it looks for words that are out of a for, certain vocabulary range? Exactly. It, it looks for big words um, versus small words, multi, you know, words with mul- multiple syllables versus, you know, mm-hmm. one or two syllables. And it, it, it doesn't make your document sound like C-spot run or something out of Dr. <laughs> Seuss. But, you know, it, um, it, it does tell you how easy or difficult it is for somebody else to read. I think every industry kind of has its own language and there are certain words and phrases that people have to use to be understood. But where you have an opportunity to substitute out a a smaller word um, instead of a bigger one, you know, there's some really easy things people can do to their own work to make it easier to understand and easier to read. I worked at a magazine out of college out in Washington and one of the senior editors there, uh, I remember he was correcting another intern. It wasn't me. Uh, I was my intern there, not when I worked there. And he had written in lieu of. And Fred said, when's the last time you said in lieu of, instead of? And that's something that stuck with me is, you know, keep it simple. There's no reason you have to use highfalutin language. And sometimes people adopt a sort of airy tone when they're endeavoring in earnest to script the most compelling prose. And it just sounds absurd. And so I think that's another reason it's great to have that resource to say, no, tone it yeah. down a little Kiss. bit. Kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. You know, it, they always say write the way you talk without all the ums and the you knows. And <laughs> that's a good place to to start. Is there any exercises people can do when they're proofing it? Uh, I mean, you mentioned the readability ones. Mm-hmm. Is there, do you recommend reading it out loud, reading it to somebody else? Reading it out loud is a is a great way to you, you identify where you stumble to if it sounds like if it if it stops sounding like you yeah reading reading it out loud is a is a great way to to double check for for errors and readability. Do you have a technique for navigating stats and numbers with that? Because some industries might be really think about I don't know some kind of healthcare document or something. A lot of times it's just it's going to be numbers heavy. Do you have a way that you present data or numbers, a rule of thumb, any tricks you use when you, the project demands it? You got to talk about percentages of people and numbers. How do you how do you balance that? You know, the infographics are a, mm. a great way to do that through call out boxes. Um, you know, pulling those stats out. Uh, you know, I see that a lot in Time Magazine. You know, they've got a, a section along the side that's just a you know every week it's just a list of stats, and it's a great way to scan for information. Um, like that. So, yeah, the infographics is useful. What's your stance on the Oxford comma? Yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I agree. Because otherwise, the last two things seem to go together too much. Yes, I agree. It looks crazy. Exactly. All right. If somebody wants to get a hold of you to work with you, how do they do that? Check out my website, commonthreadcommunications.com, or reach out at lisa at commonthreadcommunications.com.